this is the kind boy from the islands. You are now listening to the Schmear Campaign with T.W. and Kirsch Cat. Hello and good evening. Welcome to episode 36 of the Schmear Campaign. It is cool and rainy in Jersey City, 50 degrees. Down in Miami, it was storming all that afternoon. Uh, it's... Is it still raining? It's 70. No, it's back. We're back. We're back. And you're back. I mean, it's nice out. It's nice. It's going to get bad later. Well, the weather says it's raining. Yeah. No, maybe in some parts. But in Miami, we just wanted to start off the podcast with a a Samoan proverb. You didn't say that. Ule upega ifili ilipu ai tatala iliao. The fishing net is knotted at night but entangled in the morning. A Samoan proverb about resolving conflict. And, and, Can I ask you a question? And that is, uh, and, and that's what we're here, and that's what it's all about. I'm now inspired by my new shepherd. Can I, can I ask you a question? Yes. How does that pertain? How can you relate that to your life? Resolving conflict? No, the, the net thing. The fishing net. Well, just the whole proverb in general. Yeah, I want to know how you could compare it to your life. How how you could how you could take that and you know make it your own. That sometimes at night we go to bed burdened with a lot of our worries and our conflicts, but tomorrow's a new day, and uh, it's time to have an untangled net and be ready to attack the day with enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And, and, no, it's and not just about conflicts. It's not just about a fisherman getting a good night's sleep. No, no, it's not. It's about, it's about you know, it's about attacking the next day. God. And it's about this man over my shoulder right, right and here. And I'll just ask, I'll just fucking ask, is there a particular reason why you're, why you're honoring us with a, with a Samoan proverb? Is there a reason? A particular reason why? Well, I'm glad you asked, Brian, because on Thursday, it happened. I'm not asking what happened. Tua Tagovailoa became a Miami Dolphin. I don't even and think you said the it's, name right. Tua Tagovailoa. You didn't say the ton the first time. Oh, my bad. Tua Tagovailoa became a Dolphin. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, he is my shepherd. He is my shepherd through these times. He is now my quarterback uh, once, once Brian Fitzpatrick does his thing. And uh, he is going to be my, my guiding light, his teachings, to his teachings, I'll call them. Uh, and that was just one of them, a Samoan proverb, uh, you know, just to inspire our listeners out there, just as he's inspired millions out there. Uh, and uh, I'm just excited to see, you know, the man more than the quarterback, uh, what he's going to do off the field. It's just so exciting. It really is. All right. Well, that's good. I'm really happy for you. I will and say. I, yeah. And I hope you see the light, too. I hope that the light is bright enough to shine all the way up to Jersey City. And once you do, we welcome you to the light. We, really, we will. Okay. A, that'll never happen. And B, okay. I really, I just, this is my problem with you. All right. My problem with you is, is that you're in the same exact fucking boat as me. The only difference is, is that you have an undefeated season. That's the only difference. I, and I don't even talk about that. See, no, that's, that's, no, I don't bring it up. No, I, I'm, I'm just saying that's the only difference in, right. in the... Well, there's another difference. Is the captain of my boat is, is Tua. And, uh, that, but that's, that's my point, though. I, I, and, and Brian Flores. I, I came to the realization that the most important thing in football right now is for the Jets and Dolphins to become a great rivalry again. Absolutely. And this is what I'm doing. My, this is what, you know, I'm, I'm spinning this around, but I'm doing it out of love. I'm doing it out of love. No, and it doesn't out of sound like it most I, of the I'm time. doing it out of love. I, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'll admit to this to our listeners. On Thursday, the moment we drafted to a, I FaceTimed Brian, and I, I didn't say anything uh, nasty, but I said something along the lines of that he's going to torment you for the rest of your life. And, and I had to repent. Yeah, because the thing was that just from my personal perspective, I knew what the call was going to be. And let's make this clear. Let's set the stage. This was not just a personal FaceTime. This was a group FaceTime call to our main, like, you know, friends yeah. group chat. Or Which, whatever. by the way, the first person that answered 
was great and allowed me to do my first official two. Yeah. And then he, and then he hung up right away. He wanted to have nothing to do with you. Well, no, they're on another zoom. It doesn't matter what you think the reason is. He wanted to have nothing to do with you. It's fair. That's well, it doesn't matter what you think the reason. It's fair. As a jet fan, I'm sure that that's what was going through his mind a little bit, but then me out of the goodness of my heart, I could have declined that call, but I said, you know what? I pretty much resolved in my life to never decline a FaceTime call. Now, when I do decline, it's usually a reason. I'm give, I've given a reason, and I call you back. Immediately. Okay? You abused that. You abused that trust. And I, 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 I listen, and I, I repented, and I repented uh, almost immediately. Even my almost wife Im- says, Melanie, she says, why did you even answer? You knew yeah. what he was going to do to you. Yeah. She knows you. Yeah. She knows no, she knows. Answered. She but knows. Because I, I never know. Listen, in quarantine, this has been the happiest time in my life because I have to worry about you a little bit less because you can't get into much trouble during quarantine. Time, right. You know? Right. You know? But now, you're like the boy who cried wolf. Okay. Well, listen, um, I repented for my, for my actions. And if you know, you choose not to accept it, that's I on you. Accept. Yeah, and, and that's great. And that's why we, we've moved on from it. And I, I think almost, it goes back to Tua's teachings of, you know, repenting and showing love to those you love. And this rivalry is going to be less on hate and to be more built around respect. Let's say that you were a Catholic, right? Right. Kind of, not like a hardcore Catholic, but a Catholic, right? Right. And me, as your best friend, I went to you and I said, your love of Jesus is making me want to kill myself. That's how I feel right now with you. This is, well, a relig- I- this is a new religion, and I want to kill myself because your Lord and Savior is driving me fucking crazy. That's what it feels like to me. Already. He hasn't even yeah. played it down yet. He hasn't even played it down. He hasn't, he's barely even put on a dolphin uniform. Yeah, yeah. Does well, he have I, you a know, number yet? Not yet. No, right. not yet. Um, however, I, I have an explanation for that. And, um, you know, that's just, you know, the Christians have the power of Christ. This is the power of Tua. And uh, I think you're just feeling that. That's just one of the many stages. Uh, and I hope, and, and, and it's not, you know, we're not, come on. That's God forbid you have those thoughts okay you know he wouldn't want that he loves you he has tremendous love for you we love you and you lift uh, me up we, oh my god to the highest of heights to the highest of heights so that's you know that's what it's all about so yeah that brings us to the nfl draft yeah that brings us to the nfl draft i'm excited that i might have been talking about the, the, the you know i was happy with what the dolphins did as a golfer fan much happier with this draft than our mock draft and 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 I have to say, and I've said it all weekend, the New York Jets had a great draft. Thanks. As a draft guy, all those guys they picked, uh, I was right on the first round pick as well. Uh, and I, I loved your I, I have you, to actually, I have to yeah. actually give praise to Omar Kelly, who, you know, him and I disagree on, on certain topics. And I give him credit because he, he was the one who kind of made me see the light, that this could be a positive. I don't know if it's going to happen under Adam Gates, but I think Joe Douglas had, I think Joe Douglas showed himself to be a competent GM. And He's very if, respected. And if the Jets can't show significant improvement from last year, I do think he'll go out and find his own coach. And then you might be looking at, the, the thing that I love is, is that I, I read this somewhere, um, is that Joe Douglas didn't take his seven win team last year and look at it as a potential 10-win team next year. Right. He, right. he knows that this team is not – this was not a good team last year. They right. won because they had the, I think, second or third, easy, third, fourth, easiest schedule in football. So I like – I don't know if these – listen, picks are in, in a draft are always a crap heap. You never know. So you don't know if these guys are going to work out, but I appreciate. But you want you want you want your you want your t- at least top first two, top two rounds, you know. No, no, of course you do, but I'm just saying that I, I we won't know that though until games start. But from what we saw of the draft and the process as a Jets fan, it was right. a uh, 
Um, no, it was a welcoming good. experience. No, I think it was good. And, uh, you know, he, he knows, you could tell he knows how to build a team from the inside out uh, in, in Joe Douglas. Uh, and he, listen, it really is going to come down to how big that relationship is with Gase. You know, if, if that's really well what it's out, cut out to be, you know, because, you know, someone's going to have to save their face to save, to save their career. And if Joe, if, if whether Joe Douglas is going to be willing to attach his career to Adam Gase and refuse to get rid of his bread, or if he's going to say, "Listen, Adam, thank you for getting me to where I am," because they, 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 they I mean, Adam Gase, if not for him, he's probably not the GM of the Jets, just based on their relationship. Uh, and he's like, "But business is business," and it's like a fucking mafia movie. And he, you gotta he go. Strikes, he strikes me as that kind of guy. I think he's yeah. not going to want to see his career go down the toilet because he wants to attach himself to a guy that can't even look straight. Right. No. Um, so I think so. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. But I was I was inspired myself. You know, I watched. It's pretty, it was yeah. I watched pretty much the entire first round. It was great. And a lot of and a lot of the it was on almost the entire time, whether it was on my TV or my iPad. I watched pretty much the entire time, and I'll let you get into, like, some of the highlighted picks. But I got to say that the whole presentation, I, for a virtual kind of draft, I thought it was really – it kept my attention for the most part. You know? No, it was great. I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it was really, really nice. ESPN did a masterful job. And now you have all these GMs coming out saying how, you know, they kind of wish they'd be at home more because they realize how much stuff they could do virtually. And, you know, it's nice to see them with their kids and stuff like that. You know, you hear all Same this thing stuff. With the players. We got to see them at home with their yeah. families. And, so know. it's no, but, you know, but, but I mean, the point was it's that, you know, these GMs and coaches are notoriously, you know, they're people that are not, fa- they're not around their families during the offseason and during the season. That's for sure. They're sleeping. I mean, the movie draft day, there's scenes where they're sleeping in the, in the facilities. I mean, there's coaches that have bedrooms there. But to actually see them, I think, I think now they realize, like, hey, what have I been doing my whole career? I just did a draft from my fucking foyer, and, you know, I could still be around my family and be a dad or be a mom, you know? So I think that's, that's important. Um, going into – you, you just mentioned decor a little bit. Some of the wildest decor swings were seeing the differences between the – the players being drafted where some of them lived versus the contrast in where some of these GMs and owners like Jerry Jones and Kingsbury's house. Yeah. Like, well, Cliff, that, that house, it's Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. He is, um, to me, that was like, that was more class than like over the top. I thought it was really nice. I think the biggest flex though Give me, you can have a yacht. You can have all that fucking shit, Cliff Kingsbury. Bill Belichick, they're announcing his fucking pick, and he's not even – and he's set up on the kitchen island in his fucking kitchen, and he's not even there. That, to me, shows Cliff Kingsbury, like, chill the fuck out with your fucking fire pit and your tall windows. I've won six Super Bowls, and my fucking uh, ba- uh, boxer is going to fucking draft for me, whatever fucking dog it was. You know? To be honest, I was surprised to see Belichick, like – yeah. know how to use technology. It was, no, he, well, he, I mean, literally had, it's basically the setup of a fucking laptop, you know, putting your fantasy lineups together before leaving for the stadium, like, like on my mom's island. You know, that's what some it reminded the, me of. You could tell, though, some of the younger, more hip coaches and GMs, their setups were... Really nice. Really yeah. nice. No, it was cool. I was jealous of it as a draft guy. I was like, I mean, the whole day when all those were coming out, I'm like, man, I wish I was... The, one that really sticks out to me is the Ravens GM. He he just yeah, had a really Ravens. nice home office. He had screens yep. everywhere, ready to go. Yeah, like, the Ravens one had a good one. The, the Eagles, the Colts, no, the, the Lions guy had his fucking IT guy in the front yard in a camper. So, and you were allowed one IT guy. Yep. No, it was it was great. I mean, the IT guys are the real heroes of this draft. And then, I told that to my IT guy. And then so with the like draft or whatever, like Goodell, he – I thought the booing was stupid. Yeah, I mean, they needed – I think it was overdone. They right, it was it overdone. The they should have done it the first time, and then, yeah. like, that was enough. Or just do it for certain fan bases. Like, do it for the Eagles, do it for the Jets. Yeah, but otherwise – right, I'm with you. But then, then he got to a point where 
I guess it was the end of the second round towards the third round or beginning of the third round. He, he transitions from his standing mode to his sitting mode. And as soon as he started to sit down, I don't know if he, I don't know if the edible kicked in, but he stopped being able to speak clearly. He couldn't. Yeah. I mean, that's usually what happens. You know, it looked like he was legit. It was like a big, leather, beautiful. That couch was so comfortable. Yeah, beautiful, was, nice armchair yeah. is what it was. And yeah, you don't care about your words coming out at that point. You're just like, fuck, I'm comfy. You know, and I just had a ton of edible Skittles, whatever he had there in, right. a, little, in a little thing. Which, by the way, I would have crushed those. Like, that would have been. I, if I was a GM, the oh. joke would be how. Oh, what happened? What happened? I, I don't want to see your bunch. Oh, sorry. If I was a GM, if I was uh, Roger Goodell and I had all those fucking uh, M&Ms or Skittles or maybe sweet tarts or something like that, the joke would be they'd probably have gifts after like how low my jar had gone. Like, I don't know how he didn't eat those all. So I think, I think like he emptied some out like to make a joke in the fourth round. But I'm like, there's no way you ate all those. I would have fucking done a number. But I loved it. I, I did nothing but watch the draft this weekend. It was great. It was, it was like, uh, it was refreshing. And how would and like if you had to take your average of the forty thousand million mock drafts that you yourself did, I'm not talking about the people that are paid to do it. How accurate was I? Yeah, like how how what would you give your grade? Honestly, I had a few. I only did it for the Dolphins. In the official smear campaign mock draft, you hit one in the top eleven. Yeah. Outside of like the. You know. No, I mean, the thing is that in the smear campaign, what if I didn't do trades, I probably would have been more accurate because I would have... No, I'm talking stuck. about your official smear campaign mock draft that you posted to Twitter. Right, that's what I'm saying. Oh. I did mock trades in that. Oh, so, yeah. like, that, I did, yeah. So, I, I did, you know, I had some balls. Some of these guys don't have the balls to do trades. I, I, had to, I put my name out there and some balls out there. None of the trades happened, but, um, you know, it was... That was, the first was time, a, that was the first time in, like, 10 years that there, was, there wasn't... There a was one. There was one. The Dolphins ended up. Uh, there were a few. There were a few trades like within, like moving. No, back. no. In the in the in the top ten, it was like the first time. Oh, that none. That none happened in the top ten. And I think that was probably you know I think that was probably just because of the circumstances. If there was like we said last week, if there was a trade that wasn't going to be done by Wednesday or Thursday morning, tops, no trade in the top ten was happening. And that's when I knew the Dolphins stuff was starting to like. When I woke up and that Wednesday night. When I saw that there was a trade in the works, and then I saw, I woke up, the trade hadn't happened. I'm like, eh, this does this does fishy. Something else, something's not happening here. But um, you know, it was it was interesting, and and just going just into the draft in terms of the players um, that got picked. I mean, the top ten there was really not that many surprises outside of Andrew Thomas going right uh, to the Giants at number four. Everyone thought it was going to be that worst guy, but that's when I think I said. Uh, to you, I said, that's when I knew the Dolphins were going to get Tua. When Andrew Thomas got picked by the Giants, I said, this was all a fucking ploy. This was all a smoke screen. They were never going to move up and to three. They admitted that they were going to move up to one. At the press conference, they said they, they did try uh, to trade up for Burrow at one point. The, the, the Bengals weren't going to, you know, weren't going to budge. And um, so once that happened, once I saw that Thomas was going to get picked by the Giants, I'm like, well, that's the Dolphins' tackle. So it's obvious if he was the number one player on their board for whatever reason, when everyone said we were going to tackle, Tua is not going to be far behind. So Tua at five was going to be the pick. And uh, Dan Orlovsky said something very, very, very telling. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm wishy-washy with it, but I like what he said here. And, it's, you know, the Jets did it a few years ago when drafting Darnold. There's, you know, the, the Chiefs did it, uh, getting Mahomes. You know, there's very few times where teams are willing – to take that next step and be great. You know, some teams are going to settle and continue to, you know, do other things or they're not going to go out and take a risk on that quarterback like Tua with, you know, the injuries and stuff like that or Mahomes with the stuff he dealt with uh, his last year at Texas Tech. So, and because he was injured. So I think that is them position themselves to say, listen, we want to be great on the other end of this rebuild. We don't want to just be fucking average. So by them doing that, it sent a nice message. I haven't seen the energy in this city football-wise, you know, in a long time. Just everybody positive for one. Nice to see. And even Dwayne Wade commented on it. You know, so it was, you know, this Miami, you know, has been starving to be back to what it was football-wise. The Heat stole that. It had, you know, in the, in the, from the 2000s until 2016 on, 20, 2006 on, that Miami – honestly, it's become a basketball town. 
So, you know, it's, it's nice to see some of that come back. And then uh, just look at the rest of the draft. The other surprises, uh, you know, we knew that Herbert was going to go to the Chargers more likely than not. I think Isaiah Simmons is going to be great for the Cardinals. I love them. I love that pick. Uh, I love that Kai Beckton to the Jets. I told you that. Uh, he's, a good, he's a good lineman. Uh, and Jordan Love to the Packers was probably the biggest surprise of the first round. That's not even the word. I would say I was, that was the shock of the round. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to find something, you know. But um, I, yeah. I listen, I, I like Jordan Love could be successful. I think if you're the Packers, though, like you're that, you were so close to the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers, they've never given him anyone. You know, this could set up for a divorce here in a year or so. That I, I don't know if the Packers see it. I could very well see what if the Cowboys have another contract impasse with Dak Prescott. And they're like, you know what? We're not going to resign you next year. Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, I don't want to fucking play for the Packers anymore. You're not getting me any help. You drafting quarterbacks. Trade me to the fucking Cowboys, to my former coach, because I got fucking weapons, at least in Dallas. Who knows? I, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, uh, no one this time last year, no one thought that Tom Brady would play for the fucking. I like that. No one thought Tom Brady would play for the Buccaneers. So, you know, anything can happen. So watch out, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, doesn't seem that excited, nor should he be. He's actually older. You want to see how old we are, but Aaron Rodgers is older than, uh, than uh, Brent Favre was when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. And that is a whole – that was a little snafu too. That just shows how fucking old we are, right? Because I remember that. God damn it. I remember that uh, vividly. So – When was that? Well, it was um, – it was the few years before he got traded to the Jets in 2008. I think they drafted Aaron Rodgers in 2004 because he was on – Aaron Rodgers on the bench for three or four years. But Aaron Rodgers was – But Aaron Rodgers – but to be fair, though, Aaron Rodgers from very early on was looked at as – Much higher than Jordan Love. Heir apparent yeah. to Brett Favre. The right. Well, he's – I mean, yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't draft the first round quarterback to be a backup. You're drafting. No, but it, but it seemed like it seemed like the pick. It, it it doesn't seem like it was maybe a bad pick. It was the wrong pick. It right, that's fair. Pick. That's fair. Listen, I, that's fair. I just think they probably should have gotten him more help. Another storyline is that the Pats didn't draft Jordan well, Love or any other yeah, quarterback. Any other quarterback, which. Brings me to my next point, actually. Um, the Vegas lines are going crazy tonight. Uh, and uh, Cam Newton uh, to the Patriots has been hammered. Hammered. It was at minus 130, uh, or it was at maybe plus money over the weekend. I feel like that seems like almost It's now currently at minus 190. I feel like it's almost inevitable. It could be. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, Cam that's Newton. Just my, that's just my feeling. I, yeah. I read about it today. I think it makes perfect sense. From a, Well, if, if money's coming on in Vegas, then something's happening. If, if Bill Belichick feels like Cam Newton could come in and I, I, I have a feeling that the Patriots will still be a, a contender. Yeah. Yeah. If he trusts his health, if he trusts his health, yeah. Um, no doubt about it. I mean, listen, I, I, we, we talked about it with Papa earlier. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and, uh, you know, write off the Patriots. You know, they, we've seen what they can do. So, overall, great draft. Yeah, fun draft. Great draft. Um, a for both of our teams. I'd give both of our teams an A. I can't give the Jets an A ever on anything just because I'm a cynic. You know what Omar Kelly gave them? What? An A plus. Really? It is column today. Yeah, an A plus. So I'll have to go and read that. And the only thing is, like, listen, again, Joe Douglas, I appreciate the moves that he makes, but Jets GM moves in the Jet draft. Talking. I'm just I'm just depressurizing my pressure cooker. I have no idea where see, like, that's the problem with the virtual background, is I have no idea like where you are or if you're moving. It's just I'm here, I'm here with you. I'm I'm emotionally present, physically distant. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, anything else on, um, anything else on the draft? Um, that being said, anything else on the draft? I would listen. Once again, hats off to the uh, ESPN. Hats off to Trey Wingo. I mean, they might God help, you know, the, God help the Bengals if they're not a contender in the next couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they will be. I don't think they will. 
God help them. them. God always helped the Bengals. Yeah. You know, I was telling somebody though, if I'm a Bengals fan, I would get a um, instead of a Joe Burrow jersey, I would just get a number nine, but last name exotic. Joe Exotic. Bengals, Tigers. You're welcome. I might be trading. Thank you later. Can felons own trademarks? Yeah. What? Nothing. I was just asking a stupid question. Anyway, moving on. I don't know where you are. You're now. I'm just talking to Tua. You keep talking. Talking to Tua. I'm here. I'm just putting lentils in. Does Tua know anything about the NBA? Tua loves the NBA. Okay. Um, so it was announced. We we had our first. This is coronavirus related. This is going to be a coronavirus light show. We're not going into heavy yeah, we're over coronavirus the tonight. We're done with it. Um, NBA gyms in states where restrictions are being loosened may be opening up beginning May 1st. Saw that. Saw that. That's, that's hope. That is hope. That's what I call hope. It's hope. And you know what? It's nice because with, with the NBA, I feel like it's um, no matter what they do at this point, it's going to be different. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be it, – it, they're not just going to pick up where they left off at this point. And... No. They'll probably have, you know, they'll have, a, 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 you know, a, a small training camp and maybe a series of three conditions, like, like, like almost like a preseason light kind of like games and then go right to the playoffs probably. Right. You um, know? Because, they're gonna, because like you said before, they're not going to want to jeopardize uh, the next season. Yeah, and that was my main thing. Like, you know, basketball, it's it's not a long it, – they don't have a, a really long – when does the finals usually happen? July? Usually, it usually the finals are done by uh, mid-June because, mid-June. you know, the draft is usually late June. Right, and then you have, you know, you have the training camp. Early July. Yeah, then you have preseason in September. Um, and then yeah, it's usually October. Yeah, October. It's camp, September preseason, early October games start late October. Right. So there, there was really no chance for them to do another small season or anything like that. Right. They're going to have to go into a tournament style playoff or the playoffs as the rules usually are, just with going based off the seeds how they. Yeah, we'll be. I think they'll be fine if they do this around May first. They could start. You know, I think it's just the off season in itself is what's going to be messed up a little bit. And what do you do about teams like what? What do you do about teams like the Knicks and teams like the Pistons and teams like um, um, you know what? Bulls? You, you know? know what you do? Hey, listen, guys, you got a head start on. Well, you, listen for them. It's going to be interesting because of the uh, you know are they going to? It's going to be the same thing in the NFL draft. Are they going to be able to be combines? Are they going to be able to go visit campuses and see these players? Are they going to be able to bring these players in? Or are you going to? So they're going to have to. They're and the NBA is. A lot of these guys are going to have to consult NFL scouts and GMs. How did you guys do this? You know, it's going to be an interesting time. But I see your point. What do you do with them? Uh, maybe you have a separate uh, tournament. You know, almost like a, a consolation tournament with them. I don't know what you do. To no, get no, those I'm not guys. talking about from a. I'm not talking about from a standing. Oh. I'm talking about. Oh, just, this is about the amount of time off they're going to have. Just based on the amount of not being able, or just based on the fact that they're not going to be able to reopen as quick as states like, um, even a state like, even a state like Louisiana, like the Hornets, they're not going to be able, or whatever they're called. I don't think any playoff games are going to, I think this is what's going to happen. I think you're going to have like, um, you're going to have teams. You're saying that they're not going to be able to train in those states. Yeah. Like they're just not going to, some teams aren't going to have the same capability to get back into a training mode. So I've already seen, I've already, um, seen something that's happening here the state is miami-dade county had to release a statement that um that right now it would currently be in violation of whatever orders they have in miami-dade county but we will assess with the nba to see what their plan is to make sure of it basically you know these counties are going to get put a fat fucking check from adam silver and be like hey our players are fucking coming in so i think you're not going to hear about it but there's going to be some backdoor deals uh to get some guys into these gyms or uh, you know, get some play or have certain teams like in, in, in states where it's that obvious, then you have, listen, this team is going to be training in Arizona or something like that, um, you know, and they'll be quarantined there. 
And I do think for the for the playoffs, they're not going to be like in their home. No, they're going to have to do a tournament. These guys be like a tournament in Vegas yeah. or you know something like Region, that. Or, regional style. Yeah, they could do it in the fucking Atlantis, dude. which would actually, which would be fucking wild. It would be a cool way to see how they do the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it would essentially be like an NCAA kind of thing, like the Just tournament. Where you have it in yeah. So no, it's 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 exciting. It, but at the end of the day, the bottom line, it gives us hope, and that is what we need. That so, sports are coming back. Yeah, so, you know, and that was, like, my third topic is sports happening, and I think we see that kind of like, you know, the NBA will maybe be the first to take the plunge. Wait, and second. it's interesting because you have – What's that? What? Wait, I'll tell him. Sorry, Tua was telling me something. Are you kidding me right now? He wants to say something. What does he want to say? Sports are coming back. He sees sports it. Okay. He sees it. All right. Well, back to what I was saying – if basketball can figure out a way to get players back into training facilities, then you would have to assume that baseball's not far behind. And I think that it's really it's going to be an interesting thing to see. It's almost going to be like a space race or a race between these leagues. But whichever league gets there first, they're going to get all the eyes. I mean, they saw the NFL draft, how many viewers it got this weekend. I mean, crazy amounts. So whatever league comes back first, it's going to, you know, even people that are not traditional hockey fans or baseball fans or basketball fans are going to be so crazed and hungry to, to watch it. So there's going to be that rush to be like, all right, who's going to be out there? Who's going to lead the charge? Yeah, I think it's going to be really I think everyone, and everyone wants a piece of that pie. And baseball, too. Baseball is going to be different also, you know. It, yeah. It's not going to be the same 160. It ain't going to be that different for me. I mean, most of the time I watch Marlins games, there's going to be as many people in the stands as there will be post-corona. Yeah, but you know what the thing is? It's not even about that. It's about the fact that a team like the Marlins, you know, if if there's a real, if it's a really shortened season, you know, there are teams that could sweep yeah. into a playoffs. That oh yeah, maybe I mean, look at teams like the Marlins. Anyways, they're usually the better team in spring training and shit like that, just because you know there's not much pressure. I mean, I don't know what it is, you know, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, and I just but, want to say that all the there, I've seen people on Twitter talking about. How, you know, they wouldn't want their team to win a World Series. Oh, didn't we say that when we were on the sports news? Didn't we have that argument? We have a debate about it. And I'm we like, may, fuck no. I, I don't give a fuck. I yeah, want like, it. I, I just want to be very clear for all. We may have said it on the sports news. I, I do remember that. But yeah. if I want our audience to hear it from my mouth. If the Yankees win the World Series in 2020, no matter how long the season is or whatever the format of the playoffs is, I'm good with it. I'm good with taking yeah. an. I'm good with taking a W on a championship. I'm gonna say the same thing for the Marlins. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I'm gonna bang on my fucking pots and pans. You should, man. I think yeah. it. I think it's that. And we're gonna. And, and you know what? Me and you are gonna be the official police of people that call those people out. Yeah, like I want to see. And and just to give you a perfect example, and and he would be fine with me calling him out because he does it on his show all the time with people. But KFC from Barstool, I saw him get into a fight with Hubs from Barstool over this because Hubs is a Yankee fan, and Hubs is like, you know, yeah, I want, I still want the Yankees to win, and and you know, he said, and then KFC saying, no, you know, I wouldn't want the Mets to win this way, and it's just like, you don't have to worry about it much anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you yeah. You're, but I, for, you're talking about me as a Marlins fan. No, I'm talking about him as a Mets fan. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know a lot of teams. No, you're being realistic about it. You're saying, yeah, yeah, I would, I would gladly take the. I'm saying as a oh, Mets yeah. fan. Oh yeah, you're, you're not going to have to worry about that problem. Yeah. Right. I wonder what Frank would think. What? I wonder what Frank would think. I, I'm sure he would be. Th Listen. Yeah. If there's one thing that we've learned about our, you know, our. A, a great guest and friend of this podcast, Frank, what we've seen him go through with this quarantine, not only does he need sports back, but if the Mets were to. Did you see his Mets, reaction? What? Did you see his reaction when they drafted Tua? Yes. If you the Mets him. were to, and, and I, I, I can address that real quick, but if the Mets were to win the world series, he may, he may, the Mets winning the world series might do to him what Corona hasn't. Kill him? It could kill him. Out of love. Out of pure love. Out of tremendous love. Joy and just 
not being able to withstand the happiness that would ensue. He would. I just hope that that would happen. He, he's just he's you know has whatever he has, whatever he wants or right. crave. No, I'm saying it would be a peace. No, it would be like a peaceful goodbye. I'm saying like right. he'd be able to die happy. Like I'm I just sure. feel like it would just basically be like baby Moses floating down the Nile. Just I'm, you know the world can at happen. Peace. Whatever happens happens. Right at peace. You don't know what it's comes next, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I can. I can free that. I can free the Hebrew, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt, right. or you know, I can either go. Be, I can either go be a slave, or I could go live with the Pharaoh for a few years until I set my people free. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, so just on the on the Frank thing on the video with two. Oh yeah. This is my problem with dolphin fans. This was my point that I got that I was trying to get to earlier. You guys are in the same boat as the Jets until Tua starts, plays, wins, not just one game, but a few games, makes you contenders, I think everybody needs to just... Fair, fair. That's absolutely fair, and you're oh. right. However, however, it's, 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 it's something that this, this, this fan base has been starved for for a while. It's hope. It's a, yeah, but and, and hope, hope, is, hope, hope, is different. No, hope is different than Frank saying that the Dolphins are an instant contender overnight for the Super Bowl next year. Well, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, no, that's crazy. No, I can't, I can't, I, listen, and you know me, I, I've, I've, I, I, I say shit like that. I can't say that. You know, I can't say that. That's all I'm, that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I never do that. I don't think that it's unreasonable for a Jet fan to call a Dolphin fan out to just say, hey, like, slow your roll just a little bit. I was pumped when the Jets got Sam Darnold because that gives you a chance at a real franchise quarterback. Exactly. I'm, I'm just hopeful. I'm full of tremendous hope right now. But if the, but if the Dolphins don't win the Super Bowl next year, it's but not they're, a disappointment. They're not, it's they're not, not even a failure. Be, I don't even expect them to make the playoffs next year. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I trust the process. I'm a it's process, a process. It's a yeah. process. And there's nobody – and actually, you know what? You are, you are a king of processes. Yes. Your, fan, I, your entire sports fandom right now, besides the Heat. Yeah, and they, they kind of have – they have a culture. That's, well, they have a different thing. But, yes, you're right. You're right. I mean, you bought Marlins. into the Marlins process. Yep. The few, the proud. I'm almost I'm – almost, I'm almost, Almost through, I'm not almost through there, but I'm really in the back end of that one. Yeah. You know, no, listen, I buy into things. I'm a process guy, you know. Yeah. If I see the plan, I'm all about it. The funny story about the Marlins, I, I taped this show called um, Aerial America. Um, I'll Our, oh, Aerial. Aerial America. Okay. A listener of the podcast, Fuckface, also a drafter um, in our mock draft last week. He, he turned me on to the show, and it's basically they go to all different cities in America, but instead of it, it's like basically a nature kind of documentary, but it's all by drone. Ooh. But they talk about different places. So I just watched the Florida episode, I think, yesterday, <coughs> and they, it was, I think it was in 2014 or something like that, the Marlins Stadium was being built. Right. And as they, were, uh, as they were panning out, it might have been there before it was then. Already done. So yeah. they, they were talking about how the Marlins and all of their raucous fans who sell out home games right. are so excited to finally have a home in Miami. Right. And I just maybe maybe a little embellishment by it was the area. A, it was an embellishment on their part. But you, sir, they were talking about you. That was a good sir. You, sir, yeah. they were talking about you. Because That's you exciting. were there, you would be there. It I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I would. I, I would be there. I listen. I miss it. You know how much like I, I look sometimes. I look at the schedule. Like, oh man, this would have been a day, a rainy day like today, Pud. I would have gone out to the fucking park. Take me out to the ball game. You know, I would have gone out to the park, and I'm not ashamed. Um, I, I, I'm lucky enough to have the opportunity to sit in nice seats. I'm, I'm lucky enough to have the opportunity to buy a ticket whenever I feel like I need to go. And I'm also humble enough to go to a game by myself if people don't want to go. So baseball, I, games, baseball games are camaraderie sports, event, sporting yeah. events. If you are a personable person, you can go to a baseball game by yourself. Stand, stand in the front. Yeah. You can, you, and, you, and even if not, I, I can, I've done both where I've just gone by myself and stood at the Budweiser bar and, and been me. I've also gone 
said, you know what? I just feel like taking it easy today. I'm going to go. I'm going to get a scorecard. I'm going to get a bag of nuts. I'm going to get a couple beers. And I'm going to score the fucking game. How long did you scorecard going for? All game. I think really? you were, it was, yeah, I think you were, I think the last time I did that, I gave you an update from that. Like, yeah, this was a few years ago. I appreciate so, that. Yeah. Good scorecard no, keeping. I, you got to, you know? All right. Well, listen, we can't wait for sports to come back. That is me scoring. Oh, okay. Got it. He was doing a motion with his pen. Um, moving on. I was, real doing quick. The, I, was, I was filling in those bases, though. Got it. I got it. It looked like you were drawing on me, like, you know, because, yeah. That'd be nice. Um, all right. Transitioning out of the sports world now. Um, and then we're actually going to go back to sports for our two quick hits. Okay. But the, the question that's on my mind, and it doesn't really seem to be on many other people's minds, to be honest. I would think that this would be major news on Twitter. People would oh, be yeah. talking about it, tweeting about it, asking questions. Is Kim Jong-un dead? Right. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, it's like I said about the Jordanians uh, in our conversation with Papa. Uh, don't, don't, don't die and don't start uh, international conflicts on the weekend of the NFL draft. That's, that's really my PR 101. But if, chances you know, are Kim Jong-un died before the draft. So you're Oh, right. I think he's been dead. Yeah, I think, I think he's been dead for a long time. But maybe this, you know, he's finally fermenting and the smell has made it across the DMZ. My thing is, is that, and I said this last night in Fatwa, that if at the very least at this point, I think that he's got to be brain dead. He's a vegetable. You know, if he's not dead yet. He's probably like a piece of bok choy. Right. Or a water. He's probably more like a water chestnut. Which right? is basically all that he had to eat in North Korea. Bok choy and water chestnuts. Yeah. yeah. And I love a good water chestnut, but uh, not by I itself. Had some, yeah, I had some last night. By itself? No, 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 with my cashew right. chicken. Right, exactly. So that makes right. sense. They just eat it on their own, right out of the, right out of the can. Um, so is he dead? I say he's, I think he's dead. Yeah. I feel it in the atmosphere. So one minute, let's find it. Wait, one minute. Dead. Dead. The American left is so disgusting and so out of their minds. By the way, thank you too. I appreciate that. Um, for that update, the American left on Twitter, which isn't the real world. I don't want to, I, I can't say the American left, the Twitter left. Right. They are actually figuring Maggie out. Maggie Hammersham. Who? Brian Stelter. Yeah. 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 Like these people are, these people are despicable. They talk about the fact that, you know, his sister who gained headlines during the last Olympics in South Korea, uh, because she upstate, you know, she kind of upstaged Mike Pence as like the media darling because it was the first time South Korea had let somebody leave their country, basically, uh, or North Korea to leave their country. But um, she's a she's a uh, she's a dictator too. Like this is not it's not like the the people of North Korea went to the polls to elect their first female leader. So they're talking about how the United States is going to be far behind oh, the North Korea yeah. leader. Give me a fucking break. Yeah, you know what? If we had the same policies in North Korea, we'd probably have a woman president too. It'd be Hillary Clinton, you know, like because she'd never have left the White House after Bill. So, you're, you know, that's, that's why it's so disgusting. It's so disgusting, you know? It it's like, ugh. It is. It's, uh, the, the it's cringeworthy. Yeah, what? the memes have been great. Like, dead Kim Jong-un could be great for a meme world. The, like, with those the dancing funeral guys. My, fa- my favorite one was... Um, See the one I said today? What's your favorite vegetable? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now I get it. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody actually looks like... He looks like a piece of sliced eggplant, almost. Dark, around, dark, dark hair, dark skin. Wow. Chubby. Listen, we don't condone speaking, you know, ill towards the dead, but... No, but you can speak ill towards Kim Jong-un. Yeah. I remember when I was in... Except for Donald Trump. He's not going to talk ill about him. He'll go out and praise him. Let's see. I hope not. Um, It depends, you know, we'll see. Um, Depends what Don you get. Yeah. Depends on what Don you're getting, exactly. Um, I remember when I was in elementary school and... They had just announced that Timothy McVeigh had been executed. 
and we all started banging our feet on the ground. That was pretty wild. Yeah. That was pretty wild. So there's certain people you could dance on their grave. I'd say. No, absolutely. I think, I think Kim Jong-un, fair game. Uh, whenever the Chinese guy dies, the president of China, fair game, I'd say. Uh, Maduro, um, Fidel Castro. Dude, I was on Kaya Ocho. Remember when, I, when Fidel Castro died? I was banging pots and pans at Kaya Ocho. Yeah, you know, but, that was electric. yeah, but see, that's personal. No, that, I know, but I'm just saying, you that's know, that's personal. I'm making the point. There's certain times you can dance up. But a different, yeah, but that, that emotion is so different. That's so raw. Like, you know, those people, everybody, everybody feels what the Cubans feel towards, toward, well, not everybody, except for Bernie Sanders. And, uh, yeah, that's true. They, they, well, they, 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 remember, some of them are good teachers. That's true. That's true. They provide good health care, apparently. Um, all right, so Kim Jong-un, don't know if you're dead, think you're dead, but um, listen, if you're not dead, give us a call. Yeah, please, yeah, or give us a sign. Yeah, we'd love to have you on the program. Oh, you're always welcome. Always welcome, and, uh, and uh, Shabbat Shalom to you. <sighs> all right, that was it for like the, the main topics. Now we're he- heading into quick hits. Did you find By your the way, just wait, I just want to say one more thing about the, I mean, how fucking nuts now is 2020 if that happens? I mean, it was really pretty fucking nuts, but I mean, at this point, no, the what nuts else could part, there be? No, the nuts part is, is that it is barely fucking registered as a blip on anybody's Exactly. Brain. Like, it's at this point, we're expecting it. it. What's the next, is there anything, like, what is the next thing that could possibly blow us away? And not literally, obviously. If that happens, then well, that sucks. But if like, is there anything else that can happen that will phase us anymore? Are we going to become? Is this culture going to be become the um, the stoic? Not stoic because you're not as different. You have to have a personality for that. But the the uh, the, the, the the lack of empathy culture. The no. I, I mean, what's going to happen? I don't so think so. I, I do think that I, I do think that things are going to. I do think that people are going to be really really different during you know as this whole thing kind I'll tell you of something. i'd like to see the quarterback class that comes out of like young kids from this period or kids that like see like not don't get faced by stuff you might have a quarterback class for about five six years just watch out good pocket pressure good pocket awareness things don't phase them could maybe, be could be maybe. Up to something. but i think our lives are i think our lives are going to be different regardless oh yeah no doubt no doubt uh all right, so this first quick hit um, is about a Tulane basketball player who. Oh yeah, I don't know if he. I, I don't know if he was a star or you know somebody that. Was, I'll be honest with you, I didn't read the article. No, I, I did, did, but it, I did, but it didn't. Um, it didn't really allude to him being like a. Right. Probably not. I mean, he's played for Tulane. Might have been a star for Tulane. That's like being you know the world. He looks like a big. He looks like a big guy. But um, so his name is Tayshawn Hightower, and uh, he was charged with murder, aggravated assault, battery, and possession of a firearm during commission of a felony, which I think is kind of kind of redundant at that point. Well, it's it's just a, that's just kind of like a sentencing enhancement kind of thing. I know, you know. I got it, and you know that's the cherry on top. Right. Anyway. It's like you're, well, if, when you bring a gun somewhere, it kind of shows your intent. So it's a different. Wow. It's almost like a different element. Like you walk into a bank, you know, just with you know, just nothing. That could be one thing. But if you have a gun, it's like this guy means business. Right. Yeah. You know, that's your, that makes yeah. sense. That's, a little more criminal mens rea. Thank you for that legal uh, legal lesson. I'm happy to be there for you. I hope I never have to give that kind of advice to you. But I'm happy to clarify things. So. The victim, um, he was he died of his injuries, obviously, um, and it doesn't really. So it was a shooting, um, and he was one of five or he was one of six people who was involved in the whole thing that went down, and um, Hightower tweeted, "God protect my people." seven hours after the call was made. Um, and he did average 15.9 points a game. That's pretty good. That's, I mean, that's just, 
that's still much. It's a trap. That's a, you know. Oh, our, and he, our, he declared for the draft. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's not going to happen. No. Um, do you think? Do you, you think know. teams will hold that against him? You know, let's see. I mean, it, it looks like he's. I don't want to make light of it, but you know, it no. seems like he's got a good shot. So I don't know. We don't know. Uh, listen, we don't know if he if he actually pulled the trigger. We don't know what. The we don't know. Listen, everyone's innocent of proving guilty. Uh, bottom line is, uh, it's a tragedy for both the victim and the tragedy for this young man's career. I mean, it looks like he was a successful basketball player declaring for the draft. Uh, you know, he's you got to be careful, guys. It's, it, it, for any, especially for any draftees that are listening that, you know, just got drafted is be careful who you surround yourself with and the people you get yourself involved with because you never know, you know, it goes for athletes. It goes for athletes of all levels, man. Like, athletes, just, everyone, anyone, for any situation. You, you know, you, yeah, but you, yeah, but if you have done enough to get yourself to a place where you are making millions of dollars playing a sport for a living, and you go out and kill someone like Aaron Hernandez, yeah. or you go out and kill someone like this kid, if he did it, like, dude, that. that there's no, of course. I mean, there, there's something like that. And, and most of the time, you're killing them over something very stupid. Right. You know, there was a story uh, down here that right before all this started, somebody murdered somebody over a pair of 150, uh, a girl over $150 shoes that she was selling uh, on like an internet, like a high school chat board. Like, come on, man. Right. Like shoes that, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, when you see all this stuff, you hear about these stories, you're watching the stuff like I'm locked up. And like they say, what you what are you in for murder? And they're sitting in a cell, and they murdered somebody over a Kit Kat. Imagine sitting with yourself, dealing with it, and you know, everyone has their reasons for something, but it's something you can't be. You got. I, lo- I love that show. That's a that's a great prison show. Locked up. Yeah. There's some other great ones. If you like, YouTube has some good documentaries that I don't know like where they're from. But there's some other deep wild shit out there. But I could send them your way. I I, I don't usually watch videos but i'll uh I'll, well it's not a video it's, it's a documentary just on it's like a documentary on youtube i'll go but i'll go into what i what i've been doing for the last week uh after this next uh, quick hit segment but so this one we're going back into football uh this one's just a fun one and one that i i probably wouldn't have appreciated had had he still been uh where he was last year but tom brady newly um uh, newly moved in resident of Florida, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. basically Derek Jeter's house, Derek Jeter's house in Tampa, beautiful, you know, beautiful house. Really, really so nice. That was also on the aerial America show. Uh, and you know, cause there was so much controversy with that house. I don't know if you remember it. I remember a little bit. He just, everybody hated him for it because the house was so much, much lavish. Um, so much bigger, but so I, I I don't know how you make this mistake when when you when you're supposed to be walking into a twelve million dollar house. Not his, not that house. It wasn't that house. No, he was actually. It's actually funny. He was going to his offensive coordinator's house, Byron Leftwich, former quarterback who lives in another part of Tampa. And the house is, if you look at the, in the article, the house the house is it's one of those neighborhoods where they actually look exactly the same. He walked into the wrong house. Drops his bag and he looks up and he's like, the guy Byron had left, which has, happens to be an African American. The guy in the room is like, hey, how can I help you? And Tom is like, this is the wrong house, isn't it? And he goes, uh, yeah, I think so, because you know it's Tom Brady, uh, you know, so you're not going to make a scene out of it. And fucking Byron Leftwich was right next door. You say that though, but there are plenty of people out there who oh. would not know who Tom Brady is. Or just in that. He's a moment. Just wouldn't register Probably. them. Yeah, I mean, he's lucky enough that he is who he yeah. is. And maybe that he's in Tampa. He's so relevant right now. But, yeah, you're right. You're right. This, you go the, into the somebody else's party. house with a gun or something like that, it oh, could end. Yeah, no, it could have been really bad. Uh, the guy was a comedian. The guy who he broke into, or not broke into, but um, stumbled into, he's uh, a comedian. So he made light of the situation. He made light of it, yeah. But you know what's, what's annoying is, of course, the media, they, they – they, they ran away with it, and they said, "Well, imagine if this was Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson. Would he have? Would it have been such a joke? They would have been shot." And they make it seem like the you know that whole thing, and it's so it, it's so disgusting. And they actually did it again this weekend. I said to you, 
you know, the Patriots happened to draft that guy who, and I would say he has this three, the, the look, it's, it's, a, it's a tattoo that represents the 3% militia from the, you know, back in the day. And it does have some far right connotations from it. And the moment this kid learned about it, he probably should have either covered it up or just removed it. However, the media, Jameel Hill and all these other people are making, like are saying, oh, this guy's a white supremacist, all that stuff. So they posted an article with all these little, or a thread with all the things making him white supremacist. And you know what they were? They were just pictures of him with his tattoo, him liking fucking Trump, him reading uh, Atlas Shrugged, uh, him liking a tweet uh, about, um, oh, Joe Burrow standing up for the national anthem. It's like, give me a fucking break. The kid, is he an idiot for once he realizes he had a tattoo? Yeah, but you know what? That's between him and his teammates. If he has something with his teammates and they know who he is, and that's not that, that's like the media should, should fucking stay. He owes them my, th- my question is, you know what? The Make field thing, goals. That's all that matters. Kick field goals. Then no one will call you a Nazi. My, my perfect, the, the perfect example of the media, going back to, you know, the, the Tom Brady situation. Yeah. What would have happened? You you can't compare Lamar Jackson or of course not or Byron Leftwich or anybody. But what happens if it were MJ or LeBron or Kobe before you know he passed away? You know, like an iconic player like that. Would it have been a similar situation? Yeah, probably. If it was somebody who was lesser known, somebody that the guy couldn't have noticed right off the bat. Right. Then yeah, maybe football players in general really. Are, football players are probably, I mean, there are a lot of star, but outside of football, they're probably some of the least recognizable of athletes because you don't have that connection with the face mask. Yeah, you're wearing a helmet. You're wearing a helmet. I wouldn't know honestly. Maybe I would know who it is, but my fucking dad would know who the fuck Lamar Jackson was, you know, or I don't think many people would right, right off the bat. So it's not fair. But of, of course, anytime they could bring in a racial pot shot and make it about it. They go ahead and do it. Right. That's what, it, that's what it's been about these days. So just stop everybody. Ah, yeah. Bullshit. It's just annoying. Well, stop and smell the roses. How about some tremendous love? How about that? Listen, you know? and, and, and you know what the thing that pisses me off about it is, is that instead of, getting, instead of getting the story straight and looking for facts, all they, all they look for is a scout. Right. And, that's right, all and, they want. And, they and want the back, fucking and, scout. Yeah, and, and, and they go... Going back to that kid that got drafted, that's the first thing they did. Oh, he's a white supremacist. No, so that's what I was talking about. But, but without, looking at the, without looking at the full picture, like you said, uh, Robert Kraft is one of the most progressively Jewish owners in the league, gives so much to the state of Israel, has a team trip to Israel every year, it pays for any player that wants to go and do uh, Aliyah there, for whatever, you know, travel there, has built fields there and synagogues like that. But Bob Kraft is going to put the okay with at the New England Patriots, a notorious fucking scouting department who knows everything about you. Bob Kraft's going to let them draft a white supremacist. Give me a break, Jamil Hill. That's more of an insult to Bob Kraft and everything he's done for, you know, not only the New England Patriots, but his community and the Jewish community. It's and the to out- put him in that position, that's not fair. It's the outrage mob, man. Like, that's all. Yeah. It's just people it really, really is. For no reason whatsoever. And... Um, listen, this is, these are the same people that would ruin a high school, try to ruin a high school kid's life because he smirked. These are the same people that do yep, that. Exactly. Okay? So exactly. it but, doesn't, and by smirk. the way, he's the, and he's the one last laughing because he's, he's got a cut of cash now. We, yeah. We don't know how much, but he got paid. He got paid. For sure. Probably a lot. How much a do lot. you think? A lot. Um, uh, enough to wear. Millions, millions. Yeah, millions. I, I mean, for NBC to settle out of court, NDA, all that stuff, in a in a case that probably, you know, the the discovery probably would have been hell on both sides, but they they knew that they were going to get creamed. It, it was it was, you know, um, I don't know the amount though. But anyway, all right, so. That's it for quick hits. Um, news on on the on the home front. Um, I don't think I broke this news last week because I didn't really I didn't really know for sure yet. But um, Melanie and I are bringing a pup into the home. Are you going to? Well, I, I, I do. I was supposed to act surprised. Or I'm I mean, you're, no, you're a co-host. Like you can oh. at least like, <laughs> hey, hey, here's your, here, here's your volley. Take it. You know, like here you go. Sorry. Sorry. 
I'm talking to myself here. I'm not going on a lecture about my dog, my future dog. I just, you know, maybe a little conversation would be nice. I'm excited. Well, I, I, you know, I'm excited about it. I know that. That's why. No, I listen. Mazel tov. It's like a dog. It's like a, it's like a, having a, a child. So I've been watching. I've been watching puppy videos all week. Just getting ready and reading and training and uh, I'm, I'm pumped. We're getting a, a little, a little labradoodle, and um, I don't want to say names yet because we don't know. We we have ideas and um, and I'll announce next. No, you should you should maybe put a poll up on the Twitter and have the have uh, people on Twitter vote for your dog's name. I put. It... <laughs> I, I don't I don't think that's gonna happen just because I don't for it, it's really for my health because I don't want to put a name up there that I love, and then have people choose that name, and then have Melanie just say no. Like the name that I wanted more than anything was George. I wanted George. Nice. George's a great name. She what said, about Jorge? No, nothing with the connotation of George. And it's okay. nothing against George's. She just knows why I would want to name it George. So she's not giving me that win. And what's that for? George W. For George? Oh, for George W. Bush. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's fair. But then you I said it could also be George, said it for George I see. What? You should have said it was just for George. Why don't you spell George with a J? And you could have still done it. I could have still done it. But that's your mistake. We have good. We we have some pretty decent options. So I'll, I'll announce next week. We're going to pick them up on Saturday. Oh, you're picking them up next week? Picking them up Saturday. Jesus Christ, that's quick. Picking them up Saturday in Corning, New York. It's a four-hour drive, and uh, so Sunday, I'll I'll be able to introduce him to the podcast. I'm excited. Well, hopefully, I get to meet him before that. You will. <laughs> sure. I'm sure. Especially since I told you this week that I talked to you more than I talked to my wife. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Um, everybody, we're we're entering like I don't know, week seven now of quarantine. Weeks? Yeah, I think so. You were counting? Did you? No, I was going to say counting? before. What? No, I wasn't counting. I was just oh. going to say, yeah, keep going. Well, no, because I saw you do your fingers, so I thought you were digit like. I was kind of a little bit, but <laughs> no. So I think it's seven weeks. So um, I think everybody's starting to, I think everybody's starting to go a little crazy, but um, I think we could also start to see. I think we're starting light. to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and um, and hopefully, you know, in the next month, um, between May first and June first large parts of the country start opening up again. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. Well, um, I did want to say something. The last five minutes of the Brian show has been brought to you by Brian talking about Brian stuff. And uh, (laughs) I do want to say something before we end. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to send my condolences to the Long family. Trey Long, my, a friend of mine from Macon, passed away. So, uh, and I know he actually listened to this a couple of times because he's talked about it. I talked to him every now and again, but uh, sad tragedy. Well, we're very sorry for your loss. We yeah. know that we have a big um, Macon following. We have a big Macon. I, I was going to call it a family, a Macon, yeah. Macon family. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, well, because that's what we are. We're a Schmear campaign family here. We're not just, you know. Um, hosts and listeners, we're we're more than that. We we take you in into our lives a little bit, and um, so I, I I also send my condolences, and I'm sorry for your loss. And um, he actually, Jimmy Uncle's dad texted me during the podcast too, saying he loves me. I love him too. Who doesn't? Um, yeah, Oof, that's just got to be tough. But um, I did have one more uh, proverb. Okay. Fortunate is the moon to go and then return. So I knew you would like that as a moon fan. Are we going to, is this going to be like an every week thing? No, no. This is just, I've honestly been looking it up. I was almost going to do an entire Samoan prayer, but it was just too much. So today. You thought that was over the top. I thought that was over the top. Yeah. So. Today I went Proverbs, which were a little easy. I appreciate that, by the way. I do. Yeah, 
I yeah. thank you for that. No, and if you want more proverbs, please. I, I, I know where to find them. All right. Well, listen, on that note, everybody have a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. Did you week. watch the MJ doc last week? Um, I watched one of them, but okay. I'm taping them. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm going to watch them now. But, but this week is about Rodman, so I, I definitely want to watch those. So I'll probably get caught up quick. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Especially because of the Kim Jong-un news, you know. Right. Right, right. Yes, yes. It's uh, it's good. Talk. Yeah, there's actually a documentary about the Rodman. Have you seen that one, Rodman? I haven't it's seen so it, but I've heard. Excellent. Very, very good. Um, By the way, you told me to shave, and I did. Oh, you look nice. Yeah. I mustache. I just needed you to trim, it, not necessarily shave the whole thing. I know. Just, you know. Mustache shit. Look, the mustache sticks out more, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's a bad one. And you could be a mustache guy. I love you. Love you too. See you. See you guys.